Eat, drink, smoke, the snack size edition. When you need a little something to tide you over, Tony Katz, that is Fingers Malloy. Blend Bar Cigar is where we record in Indianapolis, Indiana. Blendbarcigar.com. The sponsors, Backbone Bourbon. Thrilled to bring them along. Can we get a little applause? A little something for Backbone Bourbon. Lovely, fantastic people. Indiana people selling all over the place. The Backbone Bourbon Uncut. The Prime, the Bone Dry Gin. The Bone Snapper Rye Whiskey, which we have reviewed on the podcast. And it is spectacular. You're going to love it. BackboneBourbon.com. you got to ask for it. Uh, where, where you drink. I don't, I don't know where you drink. If you drink a Blend Bar Cigar, you're going to find it. It's just that easy. You're going to be around places, whether it be Indiana or around the country. You have to take a look for yourself. You have to find it yourself. Backbone Bourbon. These are fantastic people. Doing it the right way. Uh, really just easy to do. Easy to enjoy. Definite in your liquor cabinet. And that rye. I'll tell you what. We gave that thing glowing, glowing reviews, and this was well before they were a sponsor of the podcast. They really are just that good and, and that terrific with the rye. You are going to absolutely love it. And you're like, I don't drink rye. Eh, you didn't drink rye. Now you have an opportunity to drink a rye. And when you have an opportunity to drink a rye, may I suggest you take the opportunity with Backbone. BackboneBourbon.com. Fantastic people. You are going to absolutely, positively Love what it is that they have to offer. And then, always thrilled that Fanimation is with us. Fanimation.com. The ceiling fan people. When you're at Blend Bar Cigar and you see the ceiling fans, right? It's got a lot of air. It's got to move. People are smoking all over the place. Thank goodness you've got Fanimation fans to do that for you. Because these fans can handle anything you throw at it. First, you get to customize it. What do you want it to look like? What do you want the blades to be? What do you want that motor to be? And the motors are whisper quiet, whisper quiet. So it's in your living room or in your family room. It's not interrupting with the movie or with the conversation you're having with somebody else. It just sounds the way it's supposed to sound. Quiet. And it looks amazing. And the job that it does, well, that's just incredible. The job that it does is amazing. Uh, They're based in Indiana. You can buy them all over the country, all over the globe. Fanimation dot com for your ceiling fans fanimation.com you can also find them on twitter at fanimation and tell them you heard about it on the eat drink smoke podcast which you should be subscribing to right here right now on itunes yeah you can catch it at uh, eatdrinksmoke.fireside.fm of course uh, you can uh, check out the videos that we have at tony Katz radio on facebook facebook.com slash tony Katz radio and also eat drink smoke on facebook but man itunes five star review write the review you need to do that just to get it all done, you need to make sure you're supporting this podcast by subscribing and writing a review and leaving a five-star review. And if you want to know what we're smoking and what we're drinking, you got to su- subscribe to the podcast. you got to subscribe. We can't tell you here. you got to subscribe and listen to the earlier podcast, and you will find out what we're smoking, what we're drinking, and what exactly you should be smoking and drinking as well. Uh, to that end, Fingers Malloy right there uh, found a story. Uh, that uh, debunks hangover myths because the man has been hungover more than once in his life. It's true. And he wants you to know what exactly is real and what exactly isn't. So this is from a website called mandatory.com. I never heard of the site until right now. Never heard of it. Beer before liquor isn't what makes you sicker. And other hangover myths debunked. So uh, the first one is, of course, this liquor before uh, beer. The studies say, no, 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 because it's supposed to be liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Is that it? Beer before liquor. Makes you more the sicker. Yeah. Liquor before beer, you're You're in in the the clear. clear. So if you're having liquor before beer, according to a study, 
It doesn't matter how you mix it up. It's all going to mix up in your stomach. And, of course, that's the correct answer. You don't, you don't need a study to know that if you're like, oh, if you drink this and then that, you'll have no problem. That's insane. Now, you drink a tremendous amount. That's true. Do you find, have you ever found that there, if there's a system, if there's a methodology? I have that, found a methodology, and it's this. All right. Uh, you know, uh, for me, anyway. And, of course, uh, I could say this, and Mandatory.com will debunk it. Right. But I have found they do. mixing different things. You know, oh, I'm going to have a beer here. I'm going to have uh, a, a wine spritzer. And then I'm going to have a slow gin fizz. That's where you get sick, at least as you're drinking. Hangover the next day. Uh, what I have found, I do not get hangovers anymore when I decided that I'm just drinking whiskey. I could drink a crap ton of whiskey and get sloppy drunk to where somebody may pour me into a cab. That could happen. <laughs> And the next day, I will wake up feeling like $100, Tony. But uh, and I stick to whiskey, never have a problem. So, I can't drink beer anymore like I used to. If I, like if I, I'll never forget. I met some friends at uh, a, we were watching football. We got there at 11 o'clock in the morning, and we stayed until uh, 8, 9 o'clock at night. And they had a special. It was $11 for a 110-ounce tower of Bud Light. 110 ounces. Tower. You know how they'll bring the tower and have its own tower? No, I don't know how they'll bring You've the You've never tower. seen these before? So they bring. No, the- I'm sorry. I never said, hey, give oh. me 110 ounces of Bud Light. We should hang out more. Uh, well, 110 no. ounces of Bud Light. I don't, I don't want to hang out with you if that's what you're drinking. Well, it was, it was like $10 for 110 ounces of Bud Light. And I was like, okay. Well, I ended up drinking two of them. So I drank, what, 200 and... Let's do the math here. What the hell? Keep, keep this in mind. 11 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night. It wasn't like... It was over yeah, okay, a that's, course... That, that's, 13, that's 10 hours. I was hungover for two days drinking that much Bud Light. Felt like garbage. Said to myself, I'll never do that again. Uh, I, I can't drink... Well, I, I wouldn't want to drink Bud Light anymore anyway. I like the, the porters, the stouts. But uh, ever since I switched over to whiskey... No hangovers. But, it, but it's more than that. Because it's not that you're just switching over to whiskey. You switched over to the idea of just doing one at a time. You, the, you, this is what you do. You're not mixing. You're not matching. You're not like, I'm invincible. You're like, just one. Simply, right. that's called being a grown-up. So basically... Well, drinking being, 220 ounces of Bud Light probably isn't being a grown-up, but... That's what I'm saying. Now, <laughs> now you're a grown-up. Before, you were just a yutz. But yes. now... <laughs> Before, Now you're, you're, you're like this normal, decent human being... And no one should drink. First of all, no one should drink Bud Light. Uh, but secondly, yeah, if you if you're putting too much, it's like food. You put too many weird foods into your body too quickly. Yeah, you're going to have a problem. I mean, that's that that you have to debunk this is the silliest thing I ever heard. Well, and it's don't hard. be a moron. It's hard debunked. I know part of this is hard for you because you're not one to get drunk. Ask me how many times I've been drunk in my how life. How many times have you been drunk in your life? Once. And what did you get drunk on? Uh, white wine. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me show you how manly I am. Hold on, I could do this. Yeah, uh, it was uh, snowed in at a friend's house in New Jersey. Me and the missus and him and, and, and the missus. And uh, yeah, it's the only, only time in my life I've really? ever been drunk. Ever. Would you like to see that? Would you like to see me? Because I, I don't think I would anymore. Even then, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy about it. No? I don't understand drinking to the point of excess. I don't understand drinking to the point of blackout. And people love it. 
they adore it. One of the interesting things about the whole millennial set is you're seeing less of that. They want they want cocktails that are non-alcoholic. And I don't think that I have really like worked my way through this. There's nothing actually wrong with that. You want what you want. Um, and when they're drinking spirits, and we've talked about this in, in celebration of the millennial, they want high end. They want the story. They want to know where it came from. They want to know all about it. And I think that's cool as can be. But we know plenty of people. I mean, you and I know plenty of people still want to just drink and drink and drink and drink. And they're like, all right, that's cool. Let's do it again tomorrow. What the hell? Do you not have a mortgage? Well, didn't we do a story, it must have been maybe two, three months ago, about this high-end place, I believe it was in Manhattan, that it was a bar that did high-end drinks <laughs> non- that... Non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. So people were spending $15, $18 for a drink that had no alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. More power to you. Uh, yeah. No, if you're going to spend 18 bucks, you want to actually have something that's, va- that's valuable in it. They right. have, what they see as valuable is a little different. But I, if it means that they're not waking up like, dear God, how do I function the next day? Which so many people do. I say good on them. I just never, I just never got it. Even in college, I never understood it. What's, what is the point of this? You're in enough bars at night and you see enough guys try and get into fights because they're, they're, they're drunk. Because they had 200 ounces of Bud Light. Did you get into a fight that night? God, no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. Is that right? Yeah, it's true. I'll stay but away from were, were you hung over the next day after your champagne experience? I it was white wine. Oh, white wine. It was, a, it was a Chardonnay. Pardon me. I didn't That's mean to insult was. you. I don't mean to, I don't mean to brag. <laughs> uh, not that I remember. I don't recall being hungover at all and in any way. Okay, no, so no, no, nothing to the beer before no. liquor, liquor before, before beer. beer, before beer before liquor. Liquor. Eh. Number two, greasy food. Conception that a greasy cheeseburger or a greasy burger before a night, before a night of drinking will eliminate the hangover because it will absorb... All the alcohol. Clearly, what happens is when you, when you eat a burger, uh, the liver is like, oh, I don't have to work? Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. See, I've never heard that. The I- rate, if, if you eat the meal, the rate of alcohol absorption is lower, but you can end up with other problems and you're not necessarily going to ward off the hangover. I've never heard that before. I've heard that you know, the next day, getting up. And if you're feeling like garbage, go out and get yourself a nice greasy breakfast. That may make you feel better. And Anything I, will make you feel better. Right. And that's the thing. It, it, to me, it, it's what will make you get your mind off the fact that you're feeling like garbage. Oh, a nice greasy breakfast. And then you start to feel the, the blood pumping again and you're, you're feeling better. Uh, but I've never heard, oh, hey, we're going out for, oh, we're going to a bachelor party? Uh, I need to uh, get a couple of greasy burgers in me before. That, that, that's a new one. Um, In my mind, I've never heard that. That you should eat before? Well, I've heard eat before, but not greasy. Uh, No, I've, no, but, like, isn't that why people go to Taco Bell after they're drunk? Like, 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 isn't that part of the whole thing? Yeah. I do know, and this is old school, I had a buddy who, who his dad used to drink bacon grease before he would go out Uh, drinking. Ah, well. Because he was coating his stomach. (laughs) That's just... Coating his stomach? I'm sure he lived to be 110, too. Oh, God bless him. 110 and happy. (laughs) That's gross. See, why don't you just eat the bacon? See, you can eat the bacon before you go out. And then, then, you know, shot chaser. You eat the bacon, and then you drink the grease after you're done. I mean, who doesn't do that? It's not even science. That's not even (laughs) science right there. Uh, No, listen, I think that this list is, is legit only in the idea that I think there are people who believe these things. And then everybody's got their like their their thing, right? The thing that they say, "Oh, this is this is the key." Like the idea, what, what do they call it? The hair of the dog, or what? well, that's number three on the list, which I, I totally disagree with them on this. So, coffee cures all, is how they call it. Um, 
it doesn't sober you or alleviate the hangover symptoms. It'll wake uh. you up and give you a kick, drink some water, get on with, with your day, and then it's the hair of the dog. Or um, when you wake up, you take a beer or you take uh, some whiskey or they've got some kind of, some kind of concoction, and that's what's supposed to... Well, take care wasn't of that every 50 sitcom is, oh, my gosh, Roy showed up drunk. Get him Get some, some coffee. coffee. <laughs> and then you've got an awake drunk is what you have. Yeah. Um, but no one believes that stuff anymore either. No. It's, but I do think that people think that if you just keep drinking the next day. Oh, it's true. It, it'll, 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 it'll take care mandatory. of Mandatory.com is out of their mind. Uh, it's, it's, it's like throwing up, which is also on their list. If you puke, oh, everything will be fine. <laughs> Does anybody actually believe that anymore? You puke because you just feel terrible, but it's not going to get you any less, you know. Well, you're probably getting all that excess fireball out of your system the next day, so that's actually a Do good you drink thing. drink fireball? God, no. There, there's only one flavored whiskey that's acceptable, and that is whiskey-flavored whiskey, Tony. Right. There's no cinnamon whiskey. There's no maple whiskey. I, I made the mistake once. Uh, this may surprise you. Uh, from time to time, I have snuck alcoholic beverages into a professional sports game. Not surprised. Uh, we went. You thought that would surprise there me? There was a liquor store uh, next to uh, Comerica Park, home of the, the Detroit Tigers. Don't ask me how they're doing this year. Uh, and <laughs> they had little airplane bottles of this. Uh, it was uh, Jim Beam Maple. Little plastic bottles of Jim maple? Beam Maple, I think is what it was. it was. It was some sort of maple whiskey. And I snuck it into the uh, stadium. Uh, about three or four of those bottles. And I got a, a Pepsi. And poured that in there. And you know what it tasted like? Uh, Waffle-flavored pop is what it tasted like. Gross. That's gross. It's awful. And I, and I hated myself the whole time I drank it. That's, that's... How old were you? 42. Oh, come on! <laughs> You're supposed to know better than that. I know. But here was the deal. I was doing the double, double header. The, the Tigers... <laughs> Oh, in that case, just, it was fine. Hear, hear me out on this. The Tigers. Did you have chicken first? <laughs> so you can't have the waffle flavored pop. <laughs> By the way, you're so Midwest. Pop. <laughs> pop, the right. Uh, the Tigers were playing at four, and then the Lions play across the street at Ford Field. That was your doubleheader? Yeah. Monday you Night Football. You watched two teams lose? They both won. Thank you very oh, much. This was, this was 2014. The Lions were 11-5 and five that year. Uh, and How were the playoffs? Uh, so uh, drove me to drink maple flavored whiskey. Uh, but, but if I'm going to start drinking at stadiums at four o'clock in the afternoon and paying prices, I went to a concert here in Indianapolis. Fifteen dollars for a tall boy of beer. Yeah, of Yingling. Right. And fifteen dollars. You're at a concert. What do you think you're going to pay? I don't want to pay fifteen dollars for a Yingling. I did, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, it's like it's like complaining about the price of things at a, at, a, at a movie theater. Right? They've got you. And, and this is what it is. This is what it is. And I will admit that. Oh, right did, have you ever snuck uh, snacks into a movie theater before? My wife does that. Oh, you don't? You're nope. above that? Nope, nope. In nope. your life, you've never snuck anything into a movie theater? Me personally, never. Yeah. Me personally, I've never, ever I've done snuck it. beer into a movie theater before. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why do you need beer in a movie? Because we went to see Major League Two. Okay. And the biggest laugh. In the theater that day was me and my buddy. We were at the back of the theater and we knocked over a beer bottle, and you could hear it go clink, 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 rolling all the way down. That got the biggest laugh in Major League Two that night at the movie theater because Major League Two was terrible. I did a whole thing on air the other day about what makes a good sports movie. What makes a sports? And we were going through the list of sports movies, and one of them, of course, was Sandlot. But there was somebody who told me Sandlot is not actually a sports movie. That Sandlot 
is a coming of age movie, and there's a difference. So, I mean, we went through a bunch. So, Major League was one that we discussed. Bull Durham was one that we discussed. And of course, Field of Dreams is one we discussed. Then there was a question of Tin Cup. We went through all the Kevin Costner classics. And Tin Cup was one of them. And it was like, is Tin Cup a sports movie? And I'm like, I'm not so sure that it is. And then the classics came up. Miracle. Uh, uh, Brian's song. Porky's. Um, <laughs> Porky's did not make the list. Oh, man. Hoosiers, because we're in Indiana. Breaking Away, another uh, Indiana-based uh, ba- movie. Um, and, and so there, there were those kinds of movies as well. Then there was uh, Remember the Titans and, and stuff like that. And so some things are sports movies. And some uh, Chariots of Fire, is that a sports movie or is that something different? And, and I couldn't get a good answer as to what makes a good sports movie and what isn't. Right? What, so is Sand, the Sandlot count? Is Sandlot a good sports movie? Or is it something else altogether? See, it's it's that's an interesting conversation because uh, you look at Tin Cup. I look at Tin Cup as more of a romantic comedy that has sports in the background. Am I wrong? You get the whole Rene Russo. Wasn't it Rene Russo? Yeah, Rene Russo, who I, I love as an actress. Yeah, I mean, is Happy Gilmore a sports movie? Thor's mom, Rene Russo. Is is Happy Gilmore a sports movie? No, it's no. I don't think it is a sports movie. But I think there are some people who will categorize it as such. They'll put it in as a sports movie, which is which is the whole question. What's a sports movie? Like is a, is, is Miracle, which is about the nineteen eighties uh, Olympic hockey team. That's a sports movie because it's about the sport and all the interpersonal. It's still about this team that came together and beat the the, the Russians. Remember, they, that was only in the semis. They had to beat Finland to win the gold. Um, and so, all right, that's a sports movie. Rudy, is Rudy a sports movie? Is, is, I mean, I would think. Yeah, I would say so too. Slapshot, Slapshot is the freaking <laughs> best movie. Oh my god! Sla- I cannot wait to show my kids Slapshot. I have in my office. I have. I mean, I've got my office. I, I have an office at work. I don't even know why. I have no need to have an office at all. But I've got this little slim closet. It's part of the the build out. Right there's the desk, and then there's a little area in this closet. And in the closet, I've got an extra shirt in case something goes wrong. I have an extra jacket mm-hmm. in case something goes wrong. And I have a jersey. That jersey is of the Charlestown Chiefs. Get out of town. It is a Charlestown Chiefs jersey that is signed by the Hanson brothers. All three. Who I got to do the, uh, the interview with, and I, and, I, and I paid. I paid for the jersey, paid for the signatures. I have that. It's in my office. I have to bring it home. I have to put it up. It has to go. It's one of the rare things. And these aren't the umbop kids, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. These, these are the, 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 the putting on the foil. <laughs> putting on the foil. Um, there, years ago, in a galaxy far, far away, for a short while, I had a sports memorabilia business. So I have in my house a whole bunch of stuff. Now, this was Tampa Bay, so it's a lot of Tampa Bay-related things. I have footballs. I have helmets. Do you need one? You a Tampa one. Bay helmet? No, I'll pass. And I've, Thank I've, you. I've got, some, got some other. I have a uh, Doug Williams-signed helmet. That's cool. the, he was with the Bucks, and then he led the Redskins to a 1979 uh, NFC Championship team. No, but you're talking about uh, 83 or 84 Super Bowl champion, Doug Williams. Yeah, that's but, what I'm but, talking about. Okay, okay but, but that the Bucks, was the Bucks, yeah. right? So I have a lot of Leroy Selman things who have since passed away, the only Buccaneer at the time in the, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and I have, I have a bunch of this stuff. So I have a few things up in, in the basement, right? Not, not much, just a, few, just a few things that are out. I have, I have a baseball bat uh, signed by Ozzie Smith. Right, because like that's that's a bit of a baseball sure. lore and, 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 and legend. 
Uh, this has got to be one of those things, right? So uh, my collection is smaller than other people's, but it's, it's it's really nice. I personally got those signatures. It's 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 great. So if you need something, just go through. You can walk in and be I'll like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll take something. Yeah, you know, I have like like Indiana. Mike Allstop played at Purdue, and they played for the Bucks. So one I of might- the most overrated running backs Holy of all time. Holy cow! Why would you even say that? But I have I have I have his jersey, right? I I I have his jersey. Um. But all, all this came up because of a conversation uh, uh, about sports, and I forget how I even I forget how I even brought it up. Wait, am I hungover right now? <laughs> I wanted to get into a conversation about ammunition, uh, and we'll get into what is a sports movie. That'll become a thing. It's, we have we have to, we have to list our hottest actresses. We have a, actors. We we have a whole bunch of things we need to do. Right. Walmart announced that they are no longer selling ammunition. They're no longer going to sell handguns. That, I think the last store that sold handguns was in Alaska. They're no longer going to do that. And now they're not selling ammunition anymore. In addition, they've asked people not to open carry in their stores. This after El Paso and after Dayton. This after the shooting uh, in o- Odessa. Where The whole story about that? This guy in Odessa who murdered seven people, he didn't pass a background check. So the people screaming and yelling about you know needing expanded background checks, universal background checks, none of that would have helped. This guy couldn't pass a background check. He went to somebody who built the rifle illegally and sold it to him, right? So yeah. nothing background check would have helped here. This is about people who weren't following the law anyway. In any way, shape, or form, they weren't engaged in the law, right? They weren't being lawful. So the, the idea of laws to go after lawful citizens are always ridiculous, awful, terrible ideas because the lawful citizen hasn't done anything wrong. These things are all about um, trying to harm lawful citizens when it does nothing for the real crime. But it makes the gun grabbers feel better. Ugh. And isn't that what really matters, Tony? Turns out it's not. Turns out it's not what it matters at all. Um, but So ammo has, uh, ammo has decided. Walmart has decided they're not going to sell ammo anymore. Then that's led to we're not going to have open carry. Now, Walmart has a point because moronically, and remember, I'm a Second Amendment guy. I'm not the biggest gun guy in the world. I'm a big Second Amendment guy. Me too. People came into Walmart open carrying to prove that it wasn't a big deal. That's insane. Open carry is when you wear the firearm so people can see it. And some people like to do this by proving that we're, you know, it's America and they sling an AR-15 over their shoulder. There's nothing wrong with an AR-15. An AR-15 is a fine weapon. It's the most popular weapon because it's so customizable. You can do so many things with it. You can have so many configurations of it. And it's not an assault rifle. And the people who say that know nothing. But doesn't that what and AR? It turns mean? out it's not. Really? AR does not stand for assault rifle. Oh. It stands for are you serious? <laughs> um, uh, and a- AR stands for Armalite, which is the company that, that, that created the thing. Uh, so uh, I get why they may say we don't want open carry. Now, notice they didn't say you can't carry. We, would, we prefer you don't open carry. I get that. Now, when I see a firearm on somebody's hip, I don't go running for the hills. I'm aware of them. Oh, I know who they are. Keep an eye on them. Oh, 150%. But I'm not afraid. To be afraid is ridiculous. Guns are the only subject in America where we teach people to be scared. We want you to be scared. It's, it, what moms demand action do is, is terrible and it's disgusting. They want people to be afraid of firearms. CVS and Walgreens then came out with a statement. Walgreens said we would prefer if he didn't open carry in our stores. Again, I think it's a reactionary position. But it's about open carry. CVS said we prefer you don't carry in our store. And to hell with CVS. This is a shameful, shameful position. Being armed is fine. 
There is nothing wrong with carrying a sidearm. There's nothing wrong with being able to protect and defend yourself and the ones you love. I favor it at every level and every step of the way. We should want people who are able to protect those who can't protect themselves, who aren't able to protect themselves. We should want that. Yet we've created this society based on fear where somehow that's wrong. Defending yourself is wrong. Well, if nobody had guns, you wouldn't need to defend yourself. Look to London where they have such a remarkable knife problem that they want, they want to now ban knives. They had these bins where deposit your knife. Nobody should be carrying a knife. And now you've got the mayor after more and more knife crimes saying we need to ban the knives. Spoons, sporks are next. It's, it's remarkable just how willing they are to take away every right. No society is better off. We've talked about this many times. No society is better off with less rights. It's just not the way it works. But they're never so happy. So CBS is wrong and, and really despicable. For, for their action because they think that somehow they're, they're part of the woke. What I think they did is they, they gave in. They don't understand the issue. They don't understand the subject. They're never so proud as when they don't understand the subject. And so now they're, now they're like they're going in, in this level of reaction, reactionary way. I think Walmart is wrong not to sell ammo. Then again, you still have a lot of gun dealers all around your local uh, area, your local city. Go shop them. It's good for them. Right, the, the price, They may now sell it for a little bit more because they were competing against a big box store that was buying in bulk and things like that. So they may sell it for a little bit more, but you should be supporting those people anyway. So don't worry about it so much. But banning carry is a gross position. Being emotional when it comes to creating laws or creating store policies, is it's just, it's just bad. And I don't understand the thinking. Okay. Uh, is a madman who decides that they're going to go shoot up something? Are they going to say to themselves, "Well, I can't do it at CVS. They have a policy. Yeah, I can't bring my gun in there." It, it's it's absurd. Carry your firearm in church. Carry your firearm in your synagogue. Carry your firearm in any place of worship. Those are soft targets. Of course, you should. I think it's madness if you don't. I, I, this is something I've said also. If your pastor, your priest, your rabbi, your 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 faith leader says you're not allowed to carry here, tell them they're wrong. And if they don't listen, either uh, either find a new faith leader for that church or, or wherever, or leave. Go somewhere else. Because they're unserious. You kind of touched on it. And I again, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-Second Amendment. I am pro-Second Amendment. But how do you feel about the people that are open carry, that are, are doing what you're, you're saying? Well, you, you've got the right. AR-15, and it's the AR-15's on their back. You know, right. I, I mean, how do you feel about these people? I don't think that they're right. I, I I don't think that they, I don't think they have an understanding of what they're doing, right? The idea that I'm going to support the Second Amendment by going out there and showing people I can carry a firearm wherever I want, you can already carry a firearm wherever you want, right? I, and, and I believe that you should be able to. But going out there and carrying an AR-15 just to show people you can do it doesn't do anything. What it does, and this, it's, a, it's a point that was made by Guy Relford, who's a Second Amendment attorney. Uh, he's a radio host. He fills in for me. On the syndicated show, um, great, great dude. His argument, I think, is the best argument. Whereas, what you do when you do that, like uh, people want to have, uh, you know, they want to have parades with these things. They want to, you take the people who are on the fence. Yeah, there should be the Second Amendment, but yeah, we've got a problem, right? Those people, and you put them in the camp that isn't yours. You're going out there to try and support the Second Amendment, and they see this and they're like, "Well, that guy's nuts." That guy, you see that guy, that guy, those people are crazy. I'm not going to side with those people. And then they go the other way. So it has the absolutely opposite effect 
I'm not saying you have to run scared. When people discuss eliminating the Second Amendment, when they discuss, like, like Beto O'Rourke, he wants to have mandatory gun buybacks. The answer is no. He's wrong. The gun is fine. He's wrong, and that's all there is to it. Never mind. How the hell is he going to do it? Right. How the hell is he going to do it? How do you buy back something that the government didn't sell you? Andrew Yang, during those climate <laughs> uh, debates there on CNN, he wants to buy back your car. They, he didn't sell me the car. All right, Government Motors may have sold me my car. You see what I did there? Yeah, I see what you, see did, you did there. there? Yeah. See what I did? It's getting uncomfortable between fingers and I. <laughs> um, they all take money. Just be clear. All the car companies take money. Hi, Tesla. I'm looking directly at you. Um, they didn't sell it to you. They don't get to buy it back from you. There's no way for that to work. And 330 million guns in America. How in the world are they going to do this? They're going to walk to every house with other people carrying guns, Elian Gonzalez style, and take your gun? It's an, it's an insane, gross Ugly position. You don't allow a guy like that to get anywhere near the White House. And elitists yeah. in cities who believe that that's even possible do not understand what it's going to be like. I, Charles C.W. Cook wrote a, a, a piece about a year ago. In, National in Review. Review. It's a brilliant piece from Charles. You're going to go door to door in Oklahoma and try to get people to disarm? The, the, the bloodshed that is going to occur is going to dwarf anything that has happened in the last few years when it comes to mass shootings. Well, God, I, first and I, I, and I and I'm not saying that in, in that, that's positive. I don't want a, like a civil war to break out in the United States, and I'm not saying that it necessarily would. But but there are many people who are willing to die for their Second Amendment right, Tony. And I I I I, I this is just an ugly road that some people are trying to to veer us on. And based on the and but they think they're right. They think that somehow this is good. They think that this is valuable, and there's no value to it. No society. I mean, I've used this line a million times. Uh, quote me. There's no society in the history of mankind that has been better off with less rights. It just it hasn't worked. All I do is look at, v- at Venezuela, and I look at Hong Kongers, and I say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to it. And it doesn't require any level of hysteria to get into this conversation. The answer is no. The Second Amendment remains. Now what? It's just... I. It's so easy to do, and I think people get themselves wrapped up in, in a bit of madness in, in engaging this conversation. I'm entitled to protect myself and the ones I love. That doesn't come to me through the Constitution. doesn't come to me through man. That's nature and nature's law. By my very existence, regardless of any religion, regardless of any uh, uh, man-made anything, I have the, the ability, the right to defend myself, and if I don't do that, well, then shame on me. I'm not actually living up to the to the natural law that exists that I am entitled to by by my existence. Absolutely, uh, the the writing in in the in the Constitution, as the Second Amendment does, is just to codify what already exists as nature's law. I have this right, and I'm not giving it up because Beto O'Rourke thinks that he's you know because he's woke. I'm I'm just not giving it up. There is not a presidential candidate. President Elizabeth Warren is scarier than an AR-15. Period. President Elizabeth Warren is scarier than an AR-15. Doesn't, there's, there's no changing this. There's no debating this. There's no discussion of this. There's no argument of it. Be- President Beto O'Rourke is scarier than an AR-15. President Kamala Harris is scarier than an AR-15. Chris Cuomo, Fredo himself, <laughs> wanted, uh, uh, screaming about guns is scarier than an AR-15. Now, educate me here, Tony. I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not a gun guy, but I'm a strong Second Amendment guy. Can you buy a gun in Walmart? I mean, can you get a shotgun you, in Walmart? You, shotguns, I think you still can. So you can buy a shotgun in Walmart, but you can't buy ammo? Oh, I don't, I don't know if they're going to. I think they're discontinuing. They're going to sell out everything they've got. I think they're going to sell out the ammo. 
and that's going to be it. Wow. I think for all the things. Now, that could change. That could change, but I think that's, that's, that's where they are, that all those things are going to go away. And that's a business decision. And feel free. When, um, when uh, Dick Sporting Goods made this decision, they were more than welcome to make that decision. When they then decided they were going to hire lobbyists to go after the Second Amendment, that's when I said I'm never shopping there because that was the bridge too far. That's Fingers Malloy uh, on Facebook, Fingers Malloy Radio, uh, the Enough Already podcast, uh, the uh, Snark Factor podcast, FingersMalloy.com. Find me, TonyCats.com, Facebook.com slash TonyCatsRadio, and make sure you subscribe on iTunes to Eat, Drink, Smoke. Make sure you subscribe right now. You like this? You want to know what we're smoking and drinking? You got to go and check out the podcast and subscribe. That's how you get these things done. Backbone Bourbon, BackboneBourbon.com, Fanimation, Fanimation, These are the great people, the great sponsors. They support this podcast. Go out there and support them. Subscribe. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, Snack Size Edition. Go Lions. Oh, good Lord.